Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church and happy Mother's Day to the mothers that are here as we're filing in, gathering our seats. Andrew just said something very profound. You might want to write this down. He said, uh, we're here to honor Jesus and mothers today because without either of them, we wouldn't be in existence. So uh, very deep, Andrew. Very good. But we do want to uh, welcome everybody here by way of Facebook as well. Those that uh, can't be here and are watching on Facebook Live, we <clears throat> have a lot of exciting things uh, going on in our church. And even with all that, and even though we want to honor, um, uh, give honor where honors due, the Bible tells us, uh, of course, we'll be talking about motherhood a little bit here uh, this morning. We want to give our biggest focus and attention to our Lord. We can be distracted even as a church with, with just things going on, uh, good things, good activities, but we want to make sure that he is our primary focus each and every day. So today's a great day to worship. You um, probably have plans later today. Try not to go there yet. Maybe um, uh, the rain's going to mess them up anyway, so don't worry about it. But let's, let's bow for a moment and invite um, the Lord into our lives, into this room, that we can uh, be a reflection of his grace. Let's bow. Lord, we love you today. We are grateful today um, that you meet us right where we are, especially as believers, as your children. You give us the ability to now live right righteousness when we're in you so help us to discover who you are give us instruction for life give us correction give us encouragement as we have so many in our church family that perhaps are ill and, and can't be here maybe watching on facebook or or whatever situation is we have a perfect loving father that knows exactly where we are and is willing to meet us right there you be our God today. We'll be your people as we sing unto you. I pray that you would be honored in the words and in the intent with which we sing from our heart. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Would you worship with us this morning? Start off with Forever Rain, then the second song would be Christ Arose, and our last song this morning will be Holy Spirit. Forever Rain. You are good, you are good, when there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love, on display for all to see. You are light, you are light, when the darkness closes in. You are hope, you are hope, you have covered all my sin. When my fear is crippling, you are true, you are true, even in my wandering, you are joy, you are joy, you're the reason that I sing, you are life, you are life, and you death has lost its seed. The riches of your love 
creation will proclaim you are here you are here in your presence i'm made whole you are god you are god of all else i'm letting go Bye. 
you, Lord, as your children, to be here with us. We know that you are, Lord, but we focusedly turn our hearts to you and want to be aware of the fact that you are here with us, Lord. As we open your word, Lord, may it be as you speaking directly to us. It is your word, God. Give us the ears to hear, God. Thank you for those who have been able to be here this morning to worship, to give you praise that you alone deserve. God, thank you for the mothers you've placed in our lives. 
Thank you for Pastor Scott and the diligence he's put into your word this morning. We pray that you would help us to be more like you because we have been here today. May we be encouraged and may we be uplifted. In Christ's name, amen. Well, it is good to see so many in attendance this morning. That is always a, an encouraging sign uh, to be able to come together like we do. There is strength in the gathering. Amen? Okay, I make sure I was on because I wasn't hearing much out there. So there's strength in the gathering, meaning when we come together as believers that we uh, edify, we encourage, we do all the one anothering that uh, the Bible has talked about for so long. Well, um, as Mother's Day approaches, uh, every year in our house anyways, every year kind of has a different feel for us, meaning um, depending on, um, you know, some days, some mothers, some years, I should say, it's a real endearing day or real soft and emotional. And some years, like this year for us in our house, it's just kind of one of them fun Mother's Day. Am I making sense there? Some days you want to be really, you know, share your heart, but other days you're like, let's do the thing. Well, we did the thing today, and here's how it goes. So uh, we have um, had a good time just kind of this, this last couple weeks, and uh, I know that as, a, as I'm the husband, I'm, I'm not the child, right? I don't, I don't have to give the gift. I don't have to give the gift, but I choose to give the gift, okay? So uh, this year, I was just like, let's just do something different. I chose to go to the Dollar Tree, and the first card I walked to, that's the card I was buying. What's the sense in reading them? I don't read them. I fake it, and then I usually get the cheapest one anyways. And she doesn't really read it. She acts like she does and goes like this, but she really doesn't. So I grabbed the first card, paid a dollar for it with tax, and then uh, I put money on the inside, okay? So that was my gift to Carla this morning. Well, Caitlin happened to be there. She's opening her card, Happy Mother's Day and all this. I'm like, yeah, here's your card. And uh, so um, Caitlin was talking about, Dad, is this, is this good? Is it good for the, you're doing the right thing here? And she on the inside of the card, the only thing I wrote was, this is literally the first card that I walked to. But in it was some money. And Caitlin says something to the effect of, Dad, are you sure that's going to work? And Carla saw the money and goes, it works. <laughs> Making my point. Making my point right there. It's better than another guy I know in the room who didn't even get a card for his wife. But I'll let that go for another day. As we uh, do turn our attention to life, it's vitally important we turn our attention to the life book. This is the life book. It's, it's not, man, I'm, I get frustrated when people view the Bible as rules or um, we're going to follow the book and they make it sound so, so uh, mechanical. This is a live thing here. It's called the Word of God that... Um, has tried to, been, tried to be stifled out, has tried to be um, silenced, 
And whether we have a written copy or not, his word goes on. Catch that. So, in Mother's Day, I started really giving us a lot of hard thought on Thursday and more thought on Friday. When Mother's Day approaches, there is um, usually some staple texts that we go to. You've heard me say this about every year at this time. We could talk about Hannah. Um, Usually we go Lois and, and Eunice. You could do Proverbs 31, which isn't wrong to do. But I've been pastoring here for a bunch of years, and you've, right, we, 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 we've covered that ground. So I started to redevelop a message this morning, and I thought about what do mothers do? What, what is like, I mean, there's a thousand things, but I thought one thing they do is prepare. So I started to developing a message and just doing a word study on the word prepared in the Bible. And it was, um, it, it's a work in progress. Because I do want us, not only as, as parents, but as a church, we need to be prepared for tomorrow, for next year, for eternity. We need to be prepared. So I tabled what I had started when I saw that, man, this thing could really be a big series, really, of, of messages on being prepared especially as it relates to end times. So I tabled that, and I thought, well, how can I trick the people into, into using the same scriptures that I've used in the past and not them realize it? So I got it. I figured it out. I am going to be sharing a message that I shared before, but I'm going to start with the third point first and work my way backwards. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. This is actually pretty... Um, Good. We're going to look, a lot of times when we watch movies, how do they start? They start with a scene, and there's something to pull you in. And then what does the movie do? It goes back, and it'll tell a story, and then there's an apex of the movie, and then at the very end, they bring it back around to the beginning, right? That's what we're going to do with this character today by the name of Timothy. In the years past, we started with him as a young child with his mother and grandmother, and then we build up to the end product Today, I want us to look at the end product, and I want you today, mothers, I desire for you, fathers as well, pay attention. Watch, because motherhood isn't about, it's, it's not what you do on the one day, or don't do, like today's today, well, mom, she really shouldn't be cooking today. But it's not about what you do on any specific day, parents, Mothers, it's what you do day in and day out. Am, am I saying anything It's new? I mean, you're living this, right? It's what you do day in and day out. Parenting is a lot like our walk with the Lord. And Now listen, he, he blows away what we're able to do. But follow my illustration. We don't always see what the Lord's doing in our life. Always in the moment. Sometimes we do, but not always in the moment. We hope for the future. But when we look back... We go, oh, I see how God's been working. And you can do that at the end of a day. If you really do it at the end of a day, look back and say, God, how will you work? How, what was, was my life yielded to you and how were you working? You can, you can see it. That's, parenting is a lot like that as well. right? We're human beings, so we're, we're fallen creatures with a sin nature. And as we look at our parents, and for today, just mothers, and you're in the moment, and 
Moms don't always tell us what we want to hear in that specific moment when you're setting up boundaries and you're raising kids and, and all those things. But when we look back, you can see that hmm, mom was up to something. Dad was up to something. It was for my good, God's glory, is, is the hope. So today, I want us to look at the end product. Okay, the end product. Now remember, as human beings, we never fully arrive. This side of eternity. Unless anybody in here is perfect. We never fully arrive. But I want to share with parents, mothers specifically, instill a desire to minister. Your boys, your girls, your teenagers, your young adults. Listen, they're going to call you more once they get out of your house. They're going to talk to you more when they're potentially out of your house than when they're living in your house. I think. Desire, instill a desire to minister. Look in Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Instill a desire to minister. Many of you in here grew up and in the church. You grew up either you know, every Sunday, every Wednesday, doors were open, were there. Or you grew up maybe as a pastor's kid and you, you live the culture um, around. So you get to see what it looks like to minister. You get to see it, the headaches, the hardships, the joys, and, and all that. But other people uh, only see that and don't see the spiritual side. That's a very dangerous spot to be in. But instill a desire to minister. Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through 3. We have several people, by the way, watching uh, on Facebook this morning. It's encouraging Mike Thompson and such. Opal's watching as well. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 1 through, see, it's one, 1 through 3. He says... Then he came to Derby and uh, Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew his father was a Greek. Once you see some things that stand out in those short three verses as you're looking at this real quick bio on Timothy. Now, he's older. He's not a kid any longer, but he's younger. Well, that's all relative now, isn't it? But he is younger, but he's a mature person. He's a mature man. And I want you to notice some things that stand out about Timothy. One, he was a strong believer. Look in verse 1. A certain believer was there? No, the word is disciple. Not just a believer. And I don't want to say just a believer, but he's more than someone that's just proclaiming he is a learner of the way. Very important. Number two, he had a good reputation. Look in verse two. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. He was well spoken of. You know, your, reputa your, your reputation is one thing we, we, we tend to want to guard. And, you know, you can't stop people from talking. I don't know if you know that or not. Just don't give them anything bad to talk about. But don't worry about your reputation as much. Guard your character. If you guard your character, your reputation will take care of itself. Guard your character. What is your character? 
It's, the, it's integrity. It's, it's doing what's right even when nobody's looking. How do we know to do what's right? Not because we're such great human beings. When we are in him, he's going to be taking us to the place, the discernment of doing what's right. And the third thing you see is in verse 3, Paul wanted to have him go on with him. He took him, circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. You know what he was? He was available. He was available to the ministry. He didn't go to Paul and say, listen, I'll minister, but. I'll be a part of uh, being a missionary, but. He, there's no clauses there. He was willing to do what needed to be done or what was asked of him. Boy, that spirit has been lost. We put conditions on a lot of times on everything that we do. It's rare to have somebody even come to a church and say, whatever's needed, here am I. Or they'll have an idea for ministry and say, you ought to do that, pastor. If it's that heavily on your heart, I think God might have somebody else in mind to do that. But Paul wanted Timothy to be his his go-to, his right-hand guy to replace John Mark. Let's just consider what Paul called Timothy. And then, listen, remember, we're working it backwards. We're looking at this guy, the end product, if you will. And look at what Paul said about him. He called him his beloved son, a term of endearment in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Paul called him his own son in the faith in the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1-2. No one else like him in Philippians chapter 2. This was encouraged at home. How did he become the person that he is in that moment? We're going to go to the scripture in a moment, but it's because of his grandmother and his mother. It's funny. Timothy's father is really only mentioned very, very little, and it's not in the uh, positive spiritual sense. Not negative either. It's just kind of, he mentions that he has a father. There was one. His father was uh, Greek. That's really all you get out of him uh, that we know about his father. That's not to say he was bad, wasn't uh, or anything. We just don't know a lot from the word. Mothers, teachers, Sunday school teachers, missionaries are desperately, desperately, mothers desperately, we need people in genuine ministry. Not in programs, not in careers. In fact, if you have a call upon your life, and by the way, you may not need a call in your life since we have the command to go. But just the ability to do, parents need to instill that in their children. Mothers, you have the greater position of influence, perhaps, than the fathers. We need to instill that in them. Who's ever heard of John and Charles Wesley? Handful of mainly us senior, uh, older adults know those names. John and Charles Wesley were missionaries. I'll mess the time frame up. It should have been 1800s, late 18s, early 1900s. Don't quote me on that. Well, Jewel, you know you were there. But when uh, 
they are known as great missionaries to the Wesleyan church denomination now. They, in fact, Charles Wesley uh, wrote Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Great preachers, Bible teachers. But what you don't hear about is their mother. Her name was Susanna. Susanna Wesley's guide for raising John and Charles, her two sons. She instilled in them a desire to minister. Four guidelines. You might want to write these down. One, she said, teach a child to pray as soon as they can speak. Show them, model for them. Teach them how to pray as soon as they can speak. Boy, there's convicting as I'm even saying that. It's convicting. Number two, give a child nothing he cries for only when he asks politely. Ooh, that might work for some adults too. Don't give a child anything or nothing they cry for only when they ask politely. Number three, Susanna Wesley said, punish no fault which is freely confessed. I love this one. But never allow a rebellious, sinful act to go unnoticed. Listen, if your moms, if your child comes to you being forthright, forthcoming with a sin or a bad behavior or something like that, what a beautiful, teachable moment. They came to you with that. We, listen, we don't do anything until we're caught, right? It seems to be the, uh, we try to hide, hide, hide until it gets caught. Her fourth guideline for her boys was commend and reward good behavior. Commend and reward good behavior. Some would say, well, I feel like I'm bribing them. And um, a lot of parents, that's just what they prefer to do. <laughs> I'll just bribe you just to get good behavior out of you, out of them. Your goal is to shepherd their heart, not just have good behavior. Instill. We're looking at the end product here. Instill a desire to minister. Big jobs, little jobs. I want you to consider this this morning as well. It's in 2 Timothy. Turn there, if you will. In 2 Timothy, that was the end product. But, but how did Timothy get to this position? How did he get to this maturity? You know, so many things in life. Listen to me. This is a great... I, I wish I would have understood this a lot earlier in my life. You know where victory comes? It's not necessarily in the great feats. Victory comes in the increments. It's the increments. It's taking the next right step. No matter what it is, whether it's physical fitness, financial, or especially financial, it's doing the disciplines, putting them in place that will get you to the end goal. If your plan is just to hit the lottery and that's your financial retirement, you're, you're probably going to end up a little short on that plan. Increments. And with Timothy, they instilled the increments. They were doing the things that mothers and grandmothers do daily that was impacting, planting the seed, watching it germinate in the life of young Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. 
Remember, this is Paul writing to Timothy here. The point I want you to consider is to instill a respect for the Scripture, a reverence, distill a desire for the Scripture. Chapter two, uh, 3, verse 12 of 2 Timothy. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Can we pause right there for a second? Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ, that's the key, in Christ, will suffer persecution. We forget that. We've forgotten that, I think, as a body of genuine believers. This is what I mean about being prepared. Mothers, we need to prepare our young little Christians for persecution? No, not my angel. Wait a minute, how's that read? How's that verse 12 end? And Jesus Christ, you, if you live in him, godly, you will suffer persecution. Not, I don't want that, I don't want my child to go through that. We need to be preparing our hearts and our lives. It's no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Verse 13 says, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. How many know that when you're raising children, sometimes they can be naive? No, they are naive. They have a lot to learn. They're still learning. Even as adults, we can get pulled in. But verse 14 says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Pause right there. There's a comma right there. Let's pause that for a second. How did they learn these things? Again, as we looked at the scripture, we didn't see it being from the dad, which is a shame. It's from mom and the grandmother. Continue. Paul didn't grab a hold of Timothy and said, you're going into ministry Here's, I'm going to hit you on the head with the Bible, and it's all going to filter in through your brain, down to your heart, and you're going to be living a godly life. It started with the example and the consistency, the daily diet of instilling these things in this young child. So here's the question for you to consider today. What are you instilling in your children today, parents? What are you modeling? That's what verse 14, continue, means they've already started. Back part of that verse says, knowing from whom you have learned them. I think even Paul is giving a shout out to Lois and Eunice right here. He's saying, look at what these ladies have done in your life. Verse 15. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 15 is saying that from childhood, as important as Bible quest is, as important as Bible, as church is, we are here to instruct, but also to reinforce what you're teaching at home, what you're modeling at home. You know, on one hand, that saying, it takes a village to raise a child, I I disagree with it, but on the other hand, there's a part of it I can respect. It takes a church to raise a child to be reinforced with what they already know to be true. And some are hearing it for the first time here. There's a beautiful partnership between a godly parents and child rearing within a Bible-believing church. 
One is reinforcing the other. So he says, and that you from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's interesting that it says that from childhood, you have known the Scriptures. That was before Awana. That was before Bible Quest. That was before programs. Where did they learn the Scriptures? Somebody was teaching them. Somebody was teaching them, and before YouTube, by the way. Well, usually we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. We're not going to turn there now. Because it is a reminder of how and when we are to instill these things in our children's lives. Guess what it says? All the time. All the time. And may I remind you, they're watching. But again, you are not alone. Use Awana. Use Word of Life. And build a relationship. Pastor Scott come up with a saying years ago, nobody's ever wrote it down or requoted it. So I'm kind of know if it's a good one or not. But to me, it's solid. Are you people awake this morning? Just making sure. All right. I, I, I learned this on my own. Whether I just found it to be true. And that is with your child rearing moms. If you have a relationship plus the rules, key word is relationship, plus the boundaries. Relationship plus the rules equals respect. Because you have the relationship. Let's talk about these things. Let's talk through these things. But if you have a relationship my, or, or the rules minus the relationship, and you're just throwing down rule, rule, boundary, 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 it's going to equal rebellion. Now, somebody still didn't write it down. I felt pretty confident about my saying there. But as we think about that, it's so true. Isn't it rewarding when a child, or maybe you went to your parents and you were forthcoming, and, and they treated you with the right amount of, of, of tenderness of being able to instruct your heart to the ways of what's right. What are you teaching your child if they come to you and they're being forthright with their heart and you squash it or you discipline it or you, you squash what it? What are you teaching them? It does me no good. Your children, as we're raising children, are looking for a confidant. I pray that it would be their parents. You could talk to about with anything. I'm going to say a little something here tongue-in-cheek. I haven't been asked this question in a while. What's the best translation of the Bible? Well, here's one. Mom's translation. Because she can translate the words of the Bible in her life. If she's following the words of the Bible. I also want to, and this brings us back to little baby, little youngster Timothy now. We went from manhood... Went from ministry, kind of how he got there, but now we're going to his childhood. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Just a page over in your Bible. As I was also thinking about this portion of scripture in the message, I thought, man, we've covered this material a lot. I was also reminded that there's a lot of people here within the last two years that probably have never heard this as well. Instill an authentic faith. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Here we go. When I call to remembrance the genuine 
faith. That means that word genuine, unhypocritical faith is what that means. That is in you. What would make Paul look at this young man, younger man, and say, that's a real Christian. That's a genuine faith. What did he see in him? What did he see? Which first dwelt, look at what it says, first dwelt in your mother Lois and your grandmother and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is also in you. Listen, young Timothy put his faith in Christ. He couldn't ride on the coattails of his mother and his grandmother. Again, as we talk about child rearing and all these things, and you may think, well, I didn't have a great childhood myself, and I made some mistakes even as a mother growing, raising mine. Well, guess what? You're human. You, didn't, you don't have to be perfect, but we do need to be people of faith. Again, that word sincere, it's, it means not play acting. Grandma and mom, they weren't playing around when it comes to their faith in Jesus Christ. You know, there's people of our church that I would consider uh, prayer warriors, the ones that I go to. If I need somebody to pray, I know who to call, and the bulk of them are women, older women. That is a genuine, unhypocritical faith. But notice the order as well. What was the order? The order goes from uh, grandmother to mother and then to Timothy. Again, no mention of the father. Mothers, you can make a spiritual impact. Here is living proof in the living word. In order for parents, mothers to instill genuine faith in your child, then we need to be taking our faith very seriously. Don't just go through the motions. Listen, these days, like today, like on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Memorial Day, you know, we, as a church, we don't want to get sidetracked with all of the Hallmark holidays and forget why we're here. We don't want to do that. But it's easy on days like today to kind of mail it in. What do I mean by mail it in? Well, it's Sunday, it's Mother's Day. You probably have plans later today. We do. And we're already thinking, all right, it's 11.15. We got to be at this place by a certain time. We're eating at this certain time. You may have something in the pot roast right now as you're cooking at home, thinking about it. It's easy on days like today to kind of mail it in. Or it's easy to be sidetracked and get things out of proportion. For example, mothers that are here in attendance today, we have a gift for you. I was not allowed to have one. There's a cupcake for the mothers uh, out in the lobby on your way out. Actually, Betty did offer me one, but I kind of did a quick, and she didn't really mean it anyways. She wasn't going to give it to me. There are enough for all the mothers. And all the mothers, yeah, and then one for me. So, all women. All, there's enough for all women? All right. 
we got to be careful. Not We can get sidetracked on, on these things and lose while, while we're here. Enjoy your cupcake. Enjoy the day. We're not saying that. Just make sure it doesn't get out of balance. Here's the real question for mothers today. I'll probably be asking the same thing on Father's Day. Here it is. Do you want your child to end up like you? Man, think about that one. That can be cute and funny or it could be convicting. Do you want your child to end up like you? We should always want better. What is better? Christ. He's perfect. Desire him. Be more interested in your child's soul than their clothes. Your child's eternal life is more important than their success in life. Your child's relationship with Jesus more than their popularity in the world. I heard a guy on the radio yesterday. Here's the line. Your child's spirituality is more important than their athletic accomplishments. The guy on the radio yesterday was calling in. He was talking about something else. And he goes, yeah, well, yeah, but I got kicked out of a soccer game. My kid was playing soccer, and I was one of those parents and got kicked out of the game. And it was so bad that the coach actually had to call him and tell him, the ref is asking you to leave because you're ignoring the ref. Everybody wanted this parent out, right? And um, I get it, but it serves as a great example how passionate are you on your child's spirituality when we look at how passionate we can be about their hobbies, their futures? Make sure my kid is the shining star here. Sometimes I think we mail in or we're going through the motions of their spirituality, but man, that soccer game, they got to win that thing. Here's the question. Last question I would ask under that point is this. When and where do your children get their spiritual nourishment? When and where do your children get their spiritual nourishment? I use that word nourishment on purpose. Because if they're only getting it on Sunday, and that's going to be in a small, small bite, and maybe on Sunday in a while it's going to be a small bite, then they're only eating twice a week and in the same day. Now, we don't work our bodies like that. Here's the next question. Is it enough? Well, the obvious answer is no. I do want to give one more point here to think about. Uh, because that is the encouraging part. That's the let's get the work part. That's the enjoy it part. But, you know, I'm not um, blind or oblivious about home life. And what I like about our church, what I love about it is that we're real people. We're real people. We're from different areas. We're from different. Uh, some uh, grew up in uh, orphanage and adoption homes and, and all these things. And you don't have that, 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 that uh, picture-perfect uh, setting for Mother's Day. Well, you know, I'm grateful for the Bible that gives us instruction and the fact that that includes all of us. That is called life. Here's the question I want to answer for you. Because uh, usually we'll go to uh, Philippians chapter 6 and we'll give instruction to the kids. What are the kids? To obey and honor. Honor and obey. Obey is the action. Honor is the attitude, right, that goes with it. 
But should we honor ungodly mothers? Should we honor ungodly mothers? I'm going to go to two portions of Scripture. One is Ezekiel chapter 20. Go to Ezekiel with me, if you will. Go to Jeremiah and turn to the right. couple books. Ezekiel chapter 20. Now this is Old Testament and then we're going to draw it in conclusion in the New Testament. Now let me set that up again. What do we do if you're a child or you're rearing a child or, or maybe you're at adult age and, and you're still taking care of your parents and man there's a lot of that that in between. You're trying to raise your kids and take care of parents and, and get all this done and should we honor ungodly mothers? Now, I'm going to probably dovetail this when we do fathers in June. Should we honor them? How's that work? I've heard scripture used inappropriately, uh, inappropriately applied to say, you need to honor me, I'm your parent, period. Is that what the scripture says? Or I've even heard it relating to the government. Romans 13 says, just obey him, period, with a blank open. Is that what it says? Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 18. The prophet is speaking here. God's speaking through the prophet. He says, but I said, this is in Ezekiel 20, verse 18. But I said to their children in the wilderness. This is God speaking to the children of Israel as they're in their wandering years. Do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. God is saying there, do not follow your parents in this regard. But I thought we're supposed to honor and obey at all times. Isn't that, I mean, I've heard that used, I've read that somewhere. This is why we need to study the word of God. Study it. What does he say in there in verse 18? But I said to their children in the wilderness, do not, don't follow them in the statutes of their fathers, nor observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. They were disobeying God. Look in verse 19. I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. This can be hard for young children, teenagers, young adults, um, where you're trying to you're pushing the boundaries of that authority, and yet God has a structure. But can I tell you who he tells us all to follow first and foremost? Himself. You follow me, I'll take care of the rest. Now, on the flip side of that is, don't go, well, mom, I would, dad, I would listen to you, but I'm following what I think the Lord would have me to do. It's so interesting sometimes, even in our prayers, how our will can get tacked on to what God wants. It's always about what he wants. If we're genuinely going to follow him, genuine is the key word. If a parent instructs or tries to get a child to participate in an activity that is ungodly, children obey God rather than your parents. The scripture I'll have Spencer put on the screen for that is Acts chapter 5, verse 29. And I want to say that line again. If a parent instructs or tries to get a child to participate 
in an activity that is ungodly. Children, young people, obey God rather than your parents. What does ungodly mean? I don't have to go down the list of ungodly things, do I? There's some parents that are trying to, by their own desire, leading and raising their children astray. Obey what God would have. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. Uh, it should be Peter here. But, Pe yeah, this says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. What was going on there is they were being publicly persecuted. They were getting some pressure on them, a lot of pressure. And they were saying, you're breaking the law. Oh, Pete, you're breaking the law. And what did Peter, what did he reply to? And the other, they answered and said, we're going to follow, obey God rather than men. The goal of today was to be instructive. Hopefully it was for you. You may think, well, this is something that I've, didn't, I've heard in a Sunday school before. That's good. Good. A great place to get instruction. Great place to get um, um, guidance for your life. It's a great place to be in the pulpit anytime the word is shared like this. Instill a genuine faith, instill a respect for scriptures are the two main staples I want us to remember this morning. As you live your life, not just today, but as you live your life, I want to encourage you, if you have the availability, and if you can, reach out to your mother today. On some level, show her the gratitude that is deserved. Many of you, parent, your mother's states away. Reach out. Many of you, she may be a block or two away, and you're choosing to dig in. I would encourage you to work to mend relationships and show them honor, as the Bible refers to on some level. But our goal is to be well-pleasing to our Savior, Jesus Christ. I would have loved to have been a an observer of Jesus Christ as he interacted with his family. I think that would be so fascinating to watch. In the movie, The Passion of the Christ, um, and again, this is a movie, there's a little bit of artistic license there, but they have one little clip that I fell in love with. Jesus was talking with his mother Mary, he's a carpenter, he's building something, and he, he was jovial. He just... He said a little line, playful, that made me wonder what was he really like when he walked this earth. That was a relationship scene. Now, again, it's not in the Bible, but it did show the relationship potentially that he had with his mother, which is a great example for us. If you have the availability, reach out to your mother today and receive, by the way, mothers, the love and respect and honor. Receive it joyfully, humbly. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, thank you for your word today, for the reminder. We are reminded that our lives are short, way shorter than we realize. Words are powerful. Actions are powerful. 
And I pray that we would live our life to make the most of each and every day that's well-pleasing to you. You have given us as parents the responsibility. Why would you give us that responsibility for little souls? We have other people in this room, dear God, that you've laid upon their heart to take in more than just their biological children. What a heart. Thank you. But Lord, we, it, it only reinforces our need for you. So wherever we find ourselves, I pray that we'd be reaching out earnestly, not in panic, but earnestly reaching out. Teach us how to grow in increments to be more like you. I lift this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I wanted to also share, I didn't, um, I gave a little bit in part on Wednesday night on our Facebook. By the way, that's going great. There's so many people watching, well, at least chiming in. I don't know how many is actually watching it, but uh, on our Facebook. And I shared on Wednesday night that um, I met with the trustees. We met last Sunday afternoon. Uh, Eric Throckmorton and I, he's chairman of our trustees, we met with a couple of um, asphalt companies on um, working uh, mainly the portion of our road coming in. I don't know if you've seen it, but we got some potholes out there. Some man-sized potholes. They will eat your car up. And um, so it's, that was our first initial, let's, let's, we got to get some attention here. So as Eric and I met with two companies, um, the news and what we were hearing was even more encouraging on what we were able, what we are able to do. So we met with the trustees last Sunday. We, we vote, they voted uh, to unanimously do this. Our road coming down, our upper lot, which is what we have now, the canopy out to the mailbox, and the new section of our lower lot, that's what we're calling once you get at the bottom of the upper lot, we can have all of that crack sealed, Cracks filled and sealed, like we did a couple years ago, how it was sealed, and we have the money in the bank for that. So we, they voted. We, it, uh, I'm going to ballpark a price here. I think it was, what, six, $7,000, which we have the money in the savings. Why do we have that money in the savings? Two reasons. One, our giving since last year has gone up a little bit, and that's an amen, and we haven't spent as much. So... Uh, we have the money for that. We've already signed the contract. They're coming uh, maybe at the end of May or first part of June. So we're just weeks away from having that done. Uh, that will make it so much more, uh, well, it won't tear your cars up. And it will give us longevity for our parking lot. Okay. The second part of that is, you heard me mention Wednesday night, and you'll see if you'll look out there, there's some stakes in the ground. Pastor Roger put up some ribbon. Um, I was going to buy, the only ribbon I had was like caution tape, and I didn't want it to look like a, a crime scene. Uh, I thought that would be bad PR. But uh, if you'll notice when you go out, it's um, uh, ribboned off with some stakes. And if you'll go out, it'd be west, not east. I said west on, on Wednesday, east on Wednesday. You're going to go right from where cars go out. We want to potentially put an addition of a drive that goes to the end of the building and turn left, it goes out to our road again. Why are we doing that? Several reasons. One is you won't have to make that sharp 
turn right here coming out of the canopy and you were able to go out and go out to the main road. And either at that point, if we're dismissed, you can go home or drop somebody off and go back to the parking lot. So, um, so that's our goal. Now here's the part about the addition. So where we have the money, it's gonna happen on the driveway, the upper lot and the lower lot. This section, we do not wanna deplete our savings on. So the question really becomes to you, members of Cross Point Baptist Church, if we wanna add this addition, it is gonna be based upon whether we raise the money or not. It's $13,000, they dig down and they re-put in their own base and they asphalt this section out. So we'll be talking more about it. Hopefully we'll have visuals on the screen for you to see as well. I heard a saying once, it went like this. This new addition is $13,000. The good news is we have the money, but it's in your pockets. <laughs> That's not how we operate here at Cross Point Baptist Church. It's just not. We don't always tout and try to raise money, raise money, raise money. We don't want to use people to build things. We want to use things to build people. So if we desire to do this, we're going to be shown by our giving. So uh, if you desire to give to that, we would encourage you to uh, mark it on your envelope. You can talk to me. I highly encourage you to talk with one of the trustees. We're excited about it. We've been talking about this for a long time. We even maybe could add a little bit more parking up here, maybe. So um, these are good things. We're excited about it. Ask a trustee, talk about it. And um, again, in the next week or two, we need to uh, see where we're going with it because it'd be nice to be able to do that while they're here, not have them come back. And we could start the summer. We could start all of our summer ministries uh, a one, I'm sorry, a vac vacation Bible school and the things that we're going to be doing with that already done and behind us, if the Lord deems so. So, um, again, ask a trustee if you have any questions. Mothers, don't forget, there is a cupcake for all women in here, I should say. All women in here. You get a cupcake today, if there's any left, I'll take it. Church, you are dismissed.